0: Down to the 300, Mexico takes the lead. Mexico two lengths in front, there's a fall back in the field. Now Lazago slicing through the pack, running on, learning to fly, descending on them wide out there, six or seven in it, learning to fly, right down the outside, learning to fly, got up to beat, blomk to blomk. The leader on debut and today, she just dropped ahead and would relax wherever I wanted her to be. But um, yeah, well, she's just got a beautiful turn of foot and um, the world's her oyster. Under the slipper? I think so.
1: She's pretty good, learning to fly. Well done, Annabel Neesham. She drove away in a new Ferrari after that performance of that, um, the daughter of Justify. Dean Watling, you're all over, learning to fly. She was too strong once again, and um, she looks hard to beat in whatever she takes on now, especially she heads towards the Golden Slipper.
2: Yeah, she's got that tactical versatility we saw um, on debut. Obviously, Schofield pushed the button early, um, adapt to the pattern, which had to be up on pace, and then... On Saturday, um, obviously from the draw, didn't have much um, chance to go forward. But I think they settled probably a pair or two worse off than I thought. But turn a foot, high pressure race down the outside. Um, that's the that's the profile for that day. But the I think market. I think moving forward, if they go to Rosehill, it does she does have that tactical versatility where she can sit up on pace, um, which is often the pattern of Rose Hill.
3: The market was fascinating here. Like the way the race was, the, the track was racing. You think would suit it suited more than it potentially did before the race had started. Yep, and she exactly. was soft in
1: betting. So that was my please explain. Why did she start at $4? And Kundalini started, what, $5 on the second line of betting. Lasago, there was money for that two-year-old. Fasol at seven fifty had support as well. And Blanc de Blanc was kept safe for that $7. So learning to fly, I thought $3 would have been a good price. I
2: wonder if it comes into consideration the big boys with Chad Schofield. Obviously, he's a good jockey, but he's not your top-line jockey in Sydney. And... I know the track pattern did suit coming down the outside, but she was going to get a long way back. So um, we all knew she was going to be soft, but she was very, very soft late. So it's fascinating, um, sort of insight into that race. But um, often, sometimes the market doesn't always get it right. Jules,
1: what's your please
2: explain on this
1: Monday morning for the weekend review?
0: My please explain is you've got the bloke sitting right next to you, so he's going to be able to help me out here. Where yes. does Keats go next start? Because he's a living, <laughs> breathing. Moriyali, I love you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh,
3: big number, wasn't it? He's put up. A well, very, so very so juicy so I cigar. suppose for
0: the punters out there, I just want to explain it a little bit. That um, set weight and penalty race was race eight at Sandown. So it's sort of carrying the same weight as a horse say Sunshine Rising, who was really well supported, nine year old by the way, um, who was domestically rated 107. Now Keats' domestic rating is 86. So you know Keats can go to a handicap right now open handicap and be on the min no doubt you can go to a benchmark 89 and be carrying something like 58 and a half or 58 he um, carries 57 on Saturday against the big some really good quality uh, open class horses and runs a ripper off 77 days um, and you just seem to think well it's going to be perfect fitness wise for a horse that's front runner so Jack where are you going with him mate
3: uh, we're going to have a meeting this afternoon, actually, because he has gone to a big new peak for, for now, himself. the a cup? Um, well, we're gonna prob- I, I'm probably going to dream a little bit higher, but Gav will pull me back to earth. So we're going to get our heads together this afternoon and make some decisions with where we go. Um, it's a huge performance, the way I read races. Like, he, he was not suited by the suicidal tempo set by Subconscious, who was beaten uh, 14.8 lengths. Like, it, the, the horse that it followed stopped. He's very brave. He, he has improvement to come. He wasn't there, like, expecting to win on Saturday uh, from Gaz's point of view. I thought he could win still because I think the horse has got upside still. And uh, very, very, very proud of him and happy about everything on Saturday. There's a yeah. couple of points with that. Yes. Sorry,
0: guys, just with that, Dico is that obviously you'd be quite aware of this, of how he's pulled up. But that was a really brutally run race, as you said. So does mm-hmm. he need maybe another week off that you would thought just to get over that? A horse that's a front-running horse... Um, You know, you don't want to bust it, you know, off such, you know, just under three months, you know, to get him going Mm. again for second up. But also the fact is these front running horses, they need to be just about at their peak to see them win races. So that's why I think you saw Gentleman Roy come back so close to his top when he won first up so he could absorb that pressure and then go to an all second up and go crack. So... Mm. Yeah, I think for the punters out there, again, I don't want to speak for Dicko, but I would suggest Keats is probably not far away from being close to his top with a little bit of fitness to come. But, yeah, excited to see him next start for sure. The,
3: the messaging was definitely that there's been going to be improvement to come yep. from the run. Yeah. Um, the report so far has pulled up well. But as I said, we, we chat this afternoon. And he will improve when he gets to lead a race, which he will and find the fence. That's yeah, enough that's right. Keats.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I shouldn't have. I just, but um, yeah. <laughs> it, it went <laughs> but it so t- good.
1: It went so good. That's a black booker, you're telling oh, us, Jules. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, straight
1: in, straight please in. E- please explain for you, Dicko. The
3: finishing post and the camera angles oh. and the stuff at Sandown, it just, like, it does my head in. It was so confusing on Saturday.
1: It was a little bit. It like was, we were talking about it all day. It, it, it was, it just looked, it looked, it looked really weird. It looked like it were at a, we weren't watching Sandown or a Metropolitan Group meeting. Um, it was like we we're watching something out the sticks. And
3: it's obviously hard for
1: Matty Hill because it's just so different. Because yeah. you're just sort of and used the, to something. So. And the cameraman. What yeah. about that third for Corniche? Like um, we're on the edge of our seat for at least oh. 45 minutes. And racing.com.
2: The rail out 10 didn't help either. Yeah. And mm.
1: any chance racing.com can put the third number up? Oh, they were running I
3: think the good
2: thing about it, though, is you need that. Like, Imagine them starting on the bend at the 1,100 metres. Like, obviously... It couldn't happen. It couldn't happen. So I know it's tricky, but at the same time, if we're betting, it's it's got to happen.
1: 100%. But why do you have to have it at 1,100 metres? It's just
2: If you move the
1: track, to say, okay, it's 1,200 this week. Like, but couldn't they have
3: like gone, this hey, year. you know what? We're going to be racing some massive races at, at Sandown this autumn. So what we're going to do is we're just going to dig it up and put another <laughs> 100 metres behind the start. Instead of whacking on at the
0: end, chills. Yeah, there's a bit Do you in have there. An opinion? There's, well, there's a bit in it. I mean, um, it was it was odd at best. Put yeah. it that way. I I was surprised at some of the results. I was like, gee, I don't know. What's one? What what's ran third? I mean, that Cornish honestly looked like it ran fourth. Yeah, so, my <laughs> mail is it's been a complete
3: fill for in-play punters too.
1: Yeah, what about the in like? Where, where's the finishing line? <laughs> yeah, well,
3: the, the, the race try- call is not used to it, so that. People get a lead from the caller, so if you're there and you've got your
1: own opinion, it can be a complete and utter fill-up. Well, that is dangerous getting leads from
2: like Matty Hill and all that's okay, but they uh, 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 watch it. Yeah, <laughs> watch it. Jules, my question to you is: What do we do with the data and the sectionals out of these shoot races? Obviously, the big machines don't have a par for this setup um, and benchmark ratings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's going to be fascinating how we sort of dissect these ratings and the figures out of the barbers' races, the preludes leading to the Blue Night next week. So what do we
0: do as punters? Great question. Really good question. Um, there is no standards. No standards for the 1,100 metres. So here it comes down to I've been looking at my uh, the way I rate races and I'm sort of touchy-feely trying to work it out um, because you're not going to have a standard to work off. So, yeah, it, it's, it's really hard. So you're going to have to probably work off... Um, Barber versus the Phillies, and then you got to work off those other older horses that obviously ran quicker time. Um, but you got to do it. You got to be able to do it yourself and try and figure out what you want to do, uh, because there is nothing to go off at all. And even the fourteen hundred meter open class, um, the Oar Stakes, there's been no Group One at Sandown over fourteen hundred meters. So. Mm. Um, again, no real standard to work off. You've got a li- little bit more to work off there because there's been a couple of listed races so you can get your mind sort of ticking to you know where you think they should be in terms of a standard. But, um, yeah, that's going to be really tricky for however long we're at Sandown while Caulfield's out of action. So people are going to have to um, think for themselves a little bit and work it out. And there's going to be di- different opinions of how people think those standards have gone or, or what you want to do.
3: Which will create enormous opportunities for Correct. those that want to do the work. Correct. You, I'm going to go old school and cut up the, the two-year-olds versus the two-year-olds, not worry about the overall time, worry about the race shape, so which horse was suited, not suited, and will it be suited next time. Uh, and then with the other ratings that come out of these unique setups, which are all unique, just be very, very careful. Trust in the big number and just don't depend on that big number. Use other factors to to form your view and get your prices. I'll
1: give you a tip. Don't bet on two-year-old races. What I've seen so far this season have been a complete mess. So many odds-on favourites getting beat, you know. Why are you you eyeballing Dean when you say that? No, because he might have an explanation for us.
2: My please explain this week is how Peter and Paul Snowden can do it so well. We've got a horse to peak and run a massive figure first up, like we saw with King's Gambit, Don's early own, and then be so soft... Well, three weeks between runs, second up. It just absolutely fascinates me. And I'm still... Two-year-olds and three-year-olds are my favourite racing, and I still cannot work out this note. Was this Saturday
3: camp. the grand final? No, but how are do you make... a grand final camp?
2: Yeah, but how do you make a horse go What's your answer? from a massive peak, first up over uh, 1,000 metres, everything looks suited, it's come on, everything, etc., and then it's gone soft in a race? What? Because
3: what? they're not going to rev it up to, to, to use it up on Saturday. Its grand final is in four weeks. It's shown it's elite, so then they calm down. They get it right and it's going to peak again on grand final day. Don't suck it.
0: Jules? Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to really. We speak about it a lot to try and win a diamond and then a slipper. The reason why it's so hard to do is because you can't continually peak, especially babies, time and time and time again. You look at even horses like Animo, you could sort of peak in the Cox plate. It doesn't mean he comes out and wins. Uh, the McKinnon or whatever race that you know, is two weeks later, it's impossible at the top level to continue to get your horses to peak consistently. So there's no doubt the trainers back off with the training techniques and and they do different things. You'll see it uh, often. We probably just talk about it a little bit more with the two-year-olds and we've seen horses in the past do it, the capitalists and those kinds of horses that have been able to come off and then peak again. But it's something that no doubt um, punters need to get their head around and and not... um, you know, fight. and also, uh, Gaz, you make a really good point. I mean, there's probably no need to really be betting until the grand final, when you've seen all the body of work of all these horses, and then you can make your decision if you really want yep. to bet into these two two-year-old races.
1: All right, ten seconds each. If you've got a comment, Dino.
2: Um, my other point to that is market as well. Like the horse was absolutely smashed, which just grazed me up even more. But all right, then. No, no
1: more to add, Dino. I mean, um, there we go, the first mistake. It was surprising that it took me 31 minutes to do just that. Let's take the news (laughs) and then we'll come back with full (laughs) credit straight after this.